Amen. Amen. Hallelujah, brother. Thank you for this uh, anointed uh, Holy Spirit filled uh, song which you sang. And truly, yes, the Spirit is moving all over the world and it is right here in our midst and in the church. Hallelujah. And uh, the purpose of this faith series is that each and every believer to move in great faith, walking just as the Lord Jesus Christ walked, because the Lord Jesus Christ, by his death on the cross, has uh, uh, birthed a new creation in him, and thus fulfilling the prophecy of Isaiah, where he, uh, the government is on his shoulder, and uh, his everlasting father, he has sons now who are just like him, walking the same power and here. authority you know which he has now as he said in matthew chapter 28 all authority is given unto me go therefore and and uh, preach the kingdom uh gospel of the kingdom and this gospel is because it's two thousand years old so shall be preached <laughs> no, wait, all for somebody. and okay, then shall come the end where um, uh, he shall Hand over the Heart kingdom to his father, and all shall be one in one, and all shall be in union with the father. Hallelujah! As a, as we know, we have a guest, <laughs> uh, brother Clint. He is from. Uh, he is also moving in the same power and authority which the Lord Jesus Christ uh, wants each and every believer to move. And also with him is brother James uh, Price. He is also uh, in with uh, um, brother Clint, and. Uh, the, we welcome both of them here in this um, uh, fellowship uh, with us as they share the word and minister the word and uh, also we will keep some uh, last 10 minutes at the end of this session for question and answers and for uh, uh, healing we need to leave a little time and also for um, uh, deliverance if anybody needs here hallelujah brother Clint, over to you and brother james we welcome you once again thank you very much fidel it's a very big honor for us to be able to speak to you guys and honor to be invited into your group here um fidel i just have to say that your message on the kingdom that you just gave was perfect very powerful very good we thought that may you might just keep preaching and, and that would be good enough <laughs> <laughs> Uh, amen, he says. Um, okay, like uh, Fidel said, if you, if you haven't been on here before, or for just a little reminder, it's been about a month. Uh, my name is Clint Kaler. I lead a uh, group here in the USA, in the middle of USA, in Joplin, Missouri. I lead a church, and uh, we are focused on doing what works. And as we have taught in the past, Jesus did not come to start a new religion or to start a new temple religion, or to be religious necessarily in any way, he came to establish, as Fidel mentioned in the scripture in Isaiah 9, 6, and 7, that he came with the government of God on his shoulder, and he came to establish a kingdom, and this kingdom is the dominion of the Spirit of God as released through the sons of God, but not sons in the likeness of the first Adam, but sons in the likeness of the last Adam, whom Jesus is the head of, the firstborn of, and uh, whom he shares his authority and his ability and his spirit with. And God's entire goal in all of this, what we call the gospel and the Bible uh, story from Genesis to Revelation, this entire story is about God uniting all things in heaven and earth through Jesus Christ. And only the things that are in Christ will remain. 
Everything else, the Bible says, is already in the process of passing away. And that lends that message lends itself to our purpose in the earth as sons of God to destroy all the works of the devil, to make disciples, and to mature the saints until we all reach the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, and uh, until all, according to uh, Deuteronomy, uh, no, Daniel 2.44, according to that scripture, that uh, until all the kingdoms of this world are broken to pieces and consumed by the kingdom of God. The modern gospel message has taught us that this is all about getting your sins forgiven so that if you die, you go to heaven. Okay, But uh, we have to take a step back and, and inspect what we have heard and, and hold it up against the word of God and say, does, does this match? Um, because the enemy is active. He is active in our midst, sowing false truth. I say false truth because his lies that are believed as truth become truth to us. But he's sowing lies. He's sowing doctrines of demons. He's sowing doctrines of men. He's sowing traditions and elevating all of these things uh, against the true gospel of the kingdom of God uh, as told through Jesus Christ. So we have to kind of investigate and see what we believe and see if what we believe is actually working. So that kind of brings you back to where I started. We are doing what works. And what works is the, uh, the Spirit of God in a man who obeys the commands of Jesus. And this is the call, the great high calling of God in Christ Jesus to everyone. Um, Fidel, I don't know if you've talked about this to this group, but I'm going to go ahead and announce it. It's, it's happening. We're going to be coming to India, James and I, in uh, August. Uh, we leave August 2nd, but I think we actually arrive in India August 4th. And we'll be staying through the 10th. So about August 4th through the 10th, we'll be there in, in Goa with Fidel. And Goa uh, and uh, Fidel's got some plans uh, coming together for that. And so I'm sure that he'll communicate that to whoever needs to know that here. Um, today, uh, of course, as Fidel said, I got James with me. James, uh, he's kind of like when Paul said, I have no one else like Timothy who has my heart. That's kind of what James has become uh, because he jumped into this wholeheartedly. He, he turned, you know, he got, he just got radically saved and helped and delivered um, a year and a half or so ago. And of course, he has, you have a prior history of church, uh, but but so does a lot of people. Yes. Um, so James is going to speak a little bit today. And he's going to uh, talk about some things, and then I'm, we'll pick up where he leaves off, and then just answer questions and pray for people if they need it. So, without further further ado, James, go for it. Hello, everyone. All right. What we're going to talk about a little bit is being at war, because we are at war. All right. Christianity yeah. is not about blessings. It's about two kingdoms at war. <clears throat> Yep. We have always been in that war. Before we got born again, we lived a life of someone that the enemy had beaten, had defeated. We were in bondage. Okay, But after we are born again, we receive everything needed for, to win against the enemy. Okay, Ephesians 6, 
For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the full armor of God, so that you will be able to resist in the evil day, and having nothing, having done everything, to stand firm. <clears throat> All right. When we are born again, we receive everything needed to win in this war. Okay. The armor of God and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. <clears throat> Correct? Yep. <clears throat> but there is more to it than just hearing the Word. <laughs> we have to apply it to our life. Okay? We have to walk it out. We have to do the Word of God. John 10.10 10 says, The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. Okay? When you don't apply the word of God to your life, the enemy has stolen the word, yep. and it will destroy you. Yep. You will be of no threat yep. to the enemy. Yep. Okay? If you do not apply the word of God to your life, if you do not walk out the word of God in your life, you are defeated. You may yeah. think you're good. That's the way a lot of the church is nowadays. They think just because they go to church on Sunday morning, they've got it all figured out. They're safe. But no, the enemy doesn't care how many times you go sit in that building and listen to a preacher. Yeah. Okay? You have to hear the word, then do the word. Yeah. Okay? Apply it to your life to become fully equipped to defeat the enemy. Hallelujah. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. Mark 16, and we're going to kind of say how to apply it to your life. Mark 16, 15 through 18. And he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. He who has believed and has baptized, been baptized shall be saved. But he who has disbelieved shall be condemned. Okay. These signs will accompany those who have believed. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will pick up serpents. And if they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. In Jesus' name. That's right. Hallelujah. We can do all this because of who we are in Christ. Ephesians 1, 18 through Ephesians 2, 6. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you will know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the surpassing greatness of his power toward us who believe. These are in accordance with the working of the strength of his might, which he brought about in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, yeah. far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he put all things in subjection under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body the fullness of him who fills all and all. 
And you were dead in your trespasses and sins, in which you formerly walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. Among them we too all formerly lived in the lust of our flesh, indulging the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, even as the rest. But God, being rich in mercy, because of his great love, which he loved us, even when we were in were dead in our transgressions, made us alive together with Christ. Mm -hmm. By grace you have been saved. Hallelujah. And raised us up with him, and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Yeah. Okay, right there. <clears throat> Jesus was put above all things, all principalities, all powers, all darkness, right? So, now we have been seated with him above all the same stuff, okay? That is taking our position in Christ. Taking our position in Christ gives us everything we need to defeat, to defeat the enemy, okay? Once we realize that, the enemy cannot stop us. Yeah. Okay? He lies to us constantly trying to make us think or make us believe that we do not have that position. Okay? Mm -hmm. That's a lie. We know this. Mm -hmm. Where has Jesus been placed? Far above all things. Everything is to be placed under his feet. Who are his feet? The body, of the, body the church. That's us. Right? <clears throat> where are we seated with Christ far above all things okay if we grasp this we will realize our true position in this war yeah okay <clears throat> we have everything we need to win the battles that we come up against daily okay it's just a matter of believing who we are in Jesus are we going to believe or are we going to let the enemy steal the word from our life, making us defeated foe? I choose victory. Okay? That's right. When we don't, we hear the word, and we hear it, and we hear it, and we hear it. Okay? Just hearing it does not do it. He, can, he will steal it. That's the first thing he is going to try to do, is to steal that word to keep you from becoming power. Okay, mm -hmm. to keep you from walking in the word. But if you take that word, as soon as you hear it, you start applying it to your life, you will walk in victory. The That's enemy right. will realize, hey, this person, they've heard the word, they're walking in the word, they believe it. They believe the truth. And we know that the word is truth. Okay, yeah. we apply that truth to our life and we <coughs> will walk in victory. Not only victory for us, victory for others. Okay? That's what we do. Clint and I and our other people, we go knocking on these doors in the areas, neighborhood, and setting the captives free from sin, from sickness, from demonic principalities and powers. Mm -hmm. There's nothing more satisfying in the world <laughs> to me than to see somebody set free. <laughs> to see somebody set free from that captivity. I was one of those people, okay? 
I was held captive by, at one point, drugs, and the last time it was alcoholism. Okay, I was an alcoholic, but I wanted set free, and the truth was revealed to me, and I wanted that truth. I accepted that truth, and poof, I was instantly transformed, you know, and that goes along with the will of God. God's true will for everybody on this planet is for us to be conformed into the image of Jesus Christ. That's it. Yeah. That's his will. Yep. When he looks at us, he needs to see Jesus. <laughs> when you look in the mirror, you know, at yourself, do you see Jesus behind there? Do you see Jesus in you? Okay. That's a good place to start for everybody. Right. Really. If we yep. look at ourselves in the mirror, do we see a reflection of Jesus and how he was, how he walked, his desires? Yeah. That's something we need to do. If we do that, we can set this world free put the enemy under his feet and quicken the day that Jesus comes back. That's right. That's my goal because I want to see him come. Yeah, that's right. That's right. There you go. Awesome. Very good. Very, very good. Um, so you actually used the scripture too that I was going to mention. So go good, jo good job on that. <laughs> All right. So um, part of... Paul says this in Romans 12 too. He says, be transformed. Don't be conformed to this world. Okay? So first of all, do not be conformed to this world. Uh, in the in the original language, that phrase is uh, painting a picture of like being pushed into a mold. Like this world wants to demand how you think, wants to demand how you act. Um, that That is the spirit of the world. Wherever you have pressure to conform to something besides Jesus Christ, that is the spirit of this world. Yes. Okay? And, surprise, surprise, that spirit and that pressure oftentimes comes from family. It comes from friends. It can come from a spouse. Uh, it can come from the government. It can come from your circle of friends. It can come from the workplace. Uh, that is the spirit of the world, though. Paul says, do not be conformed by that spirit. Do not allow the spirit of this world to tell you or dictate to you who you are, what you should say, or what you should act. That's If you do that, you're allowing another spirit besides the spirit of Jesus Christ to be your master. Sure. All right? That's what this is about. Uh, but then he goes on to say in Romans 12, 2, uh, Do not be conformed to this world, but, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So what are the two things that are being contrasted here? First of all, if we're being conformed by this world or the spirit of this world, that spirit is coming from outside in. It's like trying it's like it's like people's words and expectations coming from the outside though, okay? And it's trying to push you down, all right? It's trying to convince you that you're you're someone else besides who you have been made in Christ. Now, when Paul says, be transformed uh, by the renewing of your mind, he's talking about an inward work. He's talking about something not coming from the outside, but the Spirit of God that is inside uh, becomes the only influence in, you, in, in your development, in your thoughts, in your speech, in your conduct, in who you are, in the decisions you make, in your character, 
all of these things okay this is how we are transformed by the renewing of our mind when our uh let's set this up a little bit um we have the mind of christ paul talks about this in first corinthians we have been given the spirit of christ he indwells us that's the baptism of the holy spirit in acts chapter 2 and uh since we have his spirit we have all things that Christ is and that Christ has, including his mind, his, his thoughts, his perceptions, his perspectives, his understanding, his wisdom, you know, all the fruit of the Spirit that we read about, all nine fruits of the Spirit, uh, we have these within us, okay? The gifts, all of these are within us, but we have something competing with the influence of the Spirit, and that is our own mind, okay? And this is the battle that you'll find yourself in if you are applying what James taught today. You're going to find yourself in a battle between your mind and the mind of Christ. When you are born again, your spirit is made righteousness. The righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, your spirit, uh, uh, he who joins himself to the Lord has made one spirit with the Lord. That's 1 Corinthians 617 you have been uni unified with God your spirit is the part of you that knows God now uh, you have the mind of Christ within you all right he dwells within you and your mind though when you get born again your mind is not renewed your mind is not changed in the way to where it, you know you know all things uh, in order to agree with Jesus Christ that's why we have the Word of God we have to open the Word of God and see what it says. And we have to renew our mind. We have to renew our mindset. We have to renew our perspective. We have to renew our attitude. In another place, Paul says, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Because unless your mind agrees with the mind of Christ and they come together as one mind, you are what the Bible calls being double-minded having two minds. And James says, Let not a double-minded man think that he shall receive anything from the Lord. So, if you have two minds, you're in conflict. If you have a mindset that is set on the things of this world, that's being conformed by the spirit of this world, that's bowing down to everyone's expectations, religious expectations, family expectations, government expectations, if you have that mindset, the Bible says, James writing, that your mind, and Paul writes it too, that you, uh, your mind has become an enemy to God. And it's, it's like a war within yourself, all right? In order to get this war over so that you can be a manifestation of Jesus Christ, you have to do what Jesus said. If anyone wants to follow me, he must deny himself. That word self in the Greek, in the original language, is suke which means your mind all right so jesus isn't saying you know just to to deny everything about you no because we need you to walk in power and ability and preach the gospel just like jesus did what is he saying you have to de deny the mind that you carry that is that only has uh, thoughts about the things of man that only has the thoughts about the things of this world and that uh, sets those things up higher than the things of the Spirit of God and the Word of God and the truth of God. 
If you deny self, you are denying yourself the right to be conformed to this world. All right? You're denying other influences, other voices, other pressures, other things that want to change you and conform you. You are denying them the influence to conform you. And by doing that, you're becoming one mind with Jesus Christ. And when you become one with Him, that is called believing. <laughs> you cannot be a believer if you have two minds. You are a believer if you have one mind together with the Lord. This is why Jesus, when you have one mind, nothing is impossible to you because there's nothing opposing Jesus Christ who is in you. Most Christians live every day opposing the will of the Father uh, as expressed through the Spirit inside of them. When you become one mind, you are no longer opposing Christ within, Christ in us. You become a partner instead of an enemy in your mind. And when you become a partner, this is what Jesus says to those who believe, no thing shall be impossible to you. And, and this is uh, kind of tying in what you said, James. Uh, in order to do this, you have to hear the word and then do it. Let me read, since you took up my other scriptures I was going to read. Let me, uh, let me read one here. Um, um, yeah, that's Luke 7, 16, 17. I'm not going to read that one. I'm going to go to 1 John. Um, I had it here and then I, I left it, so... We'll see if I can find it. But basically, it says that anyone... This is what John wrote. I just quoted. John said, if, uh, if you say you love him, yet do not keep his commands, you are a liar. All right? So this is how important it is uh, to obey what you hear. When Jesus says, as you go, preach the kingdom... Uh, and heal the sick, and raise the dead, and cast out demons, and cleanse the leper, and freely release the kingdom. Go into all nations, teaching them to obey all the things I have commanded you. Isn't it interesting that Jesus didn't say go into all nations and get everyone saved? He didn't say go into all nations and plant churches, start ministries. That's right. He didn't say that. He said, teach them to obey my commands. Because this is what matters. It, it, it doesn't matter that you uh, repeat a prayer. It doesn't matter that you sing a worship song. What matters is that you do those things and obey the commands of Jesus. Sure. So if we're going to ha truly have one mind with the Lord and not have two minds, because remember, to be double-minded means you can't receive anything from the Lord. doesn't mean He didn't give it, because he, he has given us all things. Uh, according to life and go uh, godliness, Colossians 2.10, we have been made complete in, in Christ. Uh, he has released it to us. If he has given us Christ, how much more with Christ will he not give us all things, also the Bible says. So uh, if we have received it, uh, if we have been given it, it doesn't mean that we're walking in it. All right? That's right. And if you want to start walking in healing, want to start walking in the ability to teach, to uh, to cast out demons, to speak truth, to be a, a light wherever you are, then you're going to have to begin to obey commands 
of Jesus. Obey commands of Scripture, and you're going to have to read the Bible like it's saying, uh, telling you what to do. A lot of people only read the Word of God, and it's a historical story. It's uh, Jesus' commands to the 70, or His commands to the 12. But in, in uh, Matthew 28, Jesus says, Go unto all nations, teach them to obey everything I have commanded you. So whatever He has commanded His original disciples, those are <coughs> our commands. So when you uh, read and decide to obey, that means you are uh, in the kingdom of God. That means you are uh, one with Him in His family. Uh, Jesus said, Who are my mo mothers and brothers and sisters? But Hallelujah. those who obey the commands of my Father, who do the will of my Father. So if we're going to do that and we're going to obey His commands, we're going to leave our life, we're going to deny our suke, our own mind, and uh, and refuse to be refuse to submit to other pressures, only submit to the inward spirit, no outward spirits. That empowers you uh, to do all things in Christ, like Paul wrote, who strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ, who strengthens me. This is the point of the of everything that Jesus did, which was to get His Spirit in us so that we could walk as He walked and to continue to carry out His ministry until, as James mentioned, all of His enemies are made His footstool and until uh, all nations are consumed by the kingdom of God, as I mentioned from Daniel 2.44. Um, let me read, uh, I add to a scripture that you just read, because uh, I've got both those you just read here. Matthew 6, 9, and 10. This is where um, Jesus uh, told his disciples how to pray. And he said, Pray in this manner, Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And that is a very important statement, on earth as it is in heaven. <clears throat> because we have to get our minds renewed to this fact also. Uh, where did the where did God create the first man? Where? On earth. Yeah. Alright. Where did man sin? On earth. On earth. Alright. Where did Jesus Christ die and raise from the dead? On earth. On earth. Where did God send his spirit after Jesus ascended? To earth. To earth. Alright. Everything that Jesus did is centered around the earth. And that is uh, why he says, pray like this. Let it, the kingdom come and the will of God be done on earth as it is in heaven. And one of these scriptures that James already mentioned out of Ephesians, it says that we have ascended with him. All right? We have ascended with Christ. Why is that? Because again, like I started in the beginning, the goal is for all things in heaven and earth to come together in Jesus Christ. What does that mean? First of all, Jesus Christ has been seated in heaven in, at the right hand of the Father in all uh, dominion, all authority, all glory, all power, and even over all things, it says. There is no name that is named that is above the name of Jesus Christ. He is over everything he is lord of heaven and earth okay that's important to understand because 
not only is Christ seated there, we have been uh, seated with him in heavenly places, which Paul writes in Ephesians also. Why have we been seated in heavenly places? This has to do with the, uh, the goal of the kingdom of God on the earth through Jesus Christ. Again, what is it? That all things in heaven and earth will be brought together in Christ. All right? What does that mean to be brought together? First of all, Jesus is the head. He is the head of the body of Christ. He is the head of the church. He is the supreme authority, that, and he has been given the supreme authority over all things. All right. He is seated in heaven. Let's talk about heaven for a second. There is no sickness in heaven. Right. There is no rebellion in heaven. Correct. There's no disease in heaven. There's no dead bodies in heaven. Nope. It's only life. Everything is under the submission of Jesus Christ. Now let's go back to our prayer that Jesus is teaching his disciples to pray. Let it be on earth as it is in heaven. And this is the war that James is talking about. On earth as in heaven is the battle. Yes. It's the battleground. This is why we have uh, all of the things happening in the world uh, wars, rumors of wars, famines, pestilences, sickness, disease, death, destruction, all of these things that are not in heaven, that are on earth, we are called as the body of Christ to put down. And how do we put it down? How can we put it down? All of these things seem way bigger than us. Well, here's how. We have been seated far above all of these things Hallelujah. and in being seated with Christ far above all things he shares with us his title his authority and his ability in the earth and that is why Jesus said as you go preach saying the kingdom of God is at hand therefore what's going to happen submission of God's enemies is what's going to happen submission of God's enemies is the plan of the day and the discipling of uh, uh, of the sons of God until we can all participate in this mission just like Jesus did and even greater, he promised. So if we're going to preach saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand, we are going to have to demonstrate the submission, the dominion, the authority, the mercy, the love, the power, the healing, the deliverance, the dead raising, of this kingdom in order for earth to become like heaven uh, the earth must submit to the Lordship of Jesus Christ what does it look like for the earth <clears throat> to submit to the Lordship of Jesus Christ heal the sick raise the dead cast out devils cleanse the leper freely release the kingdom of God make disciples of all nations teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. So how do we, just to kind of sum up all this message together, how do we get started on this path? How do we become someone who's able to walk in these things? Uh, well, you've got to be born again, obviously. You've got to become a new creation in Christ. You've got to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit in fire, like it talks about in Acts chapter 2, because... Everything that Jesus did, according to Galatians 3, 13 and 14, was for the Spirit of God to get in us. You know, Christ became a curse. This is what it says in Galatians 3, 13. 
He became a curse for us so that we would receive the blessing of Abraham through the promise of the Father, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Okay? And this is how you do it. Born again, baptized in the Holy Spirit and fire, and then you begin to mature in Christ. What does it mean to mature in Christ? You get rid of your double-mindedness. Yes. You become one mind with the Lord. Okay? You're already one spirit. If you have been baptized in the Holy Spirit, you are one spirit with the Lord. Now you must become one mind with the Lord. To become one mind with the Lord means that you leave uh, behind all the things that pertain to men. The things that men are interested in, their earth, the spirit of this world, and you only allow influence from the spirit that is within. Do not be conformed to the pressures around you. You must reject them. You must ignore them, and you must get a focus uh, on the supreme spirit. Uh, the spirit of God is God, by the way. Uh, the Bible in 1 Corinthians calls the spirit the Lord. Okay, So the spirit of God is not just a a power that's floating through the air. It is God, and God is in you so that you could become one person, so that you could do the works of Jesus Christ, so that you could bring it on earth as it is in heaven. Let it be in your life on earth as it is in heaven. There is nothing that Jesus has that you don't have, right? In order for it to be on earth as it is in heaven, he's going to have to make you just like him. And he has, because we have been predestined to be conformed into his likeness. And uh, and he has made us sinless, and he has given us his spirit that makes us just like him. He is the firstborn among many, just like him, the Bible says. So become one mind. Remove the, uh, the distinction between you and Jesus. Remove the impediments in your mind uh, between uh, what you know is right in obedience and where you're lacking. And I'll say this one thing before I quit here. Uh, we talk about great faith, and, and Fidel, you were talking about having great faith. Um, here's, the, here's the thing about faith. Jesus said, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you can speak to this mountain and it will obey you. Okay? So even great faith, let's, let's just put it in perspective, great faith is not a mountain of faith. Great faith is a mustard seed of faith. Why isn't your mustard seed of faith working? Because you have two minds. <laughs> you have the believing mind of Christ in you, and you have the unbelieving mind of your natural man. All right, That is where unbelief lives. If you want to get the mustard seed of faith moving mountains, then you must ignore the unbelieving mind. Right? I think a lot of people, <coughs> they feel like they have to go to war with unbelief. And then they yeah. end up focusing their, all their time. I will not think that thought. I will not believe yeah. this. Right? But if you just ignore it, it will go away. Submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. It works the same here. Submit to God. Ignore everything that uh, is uh, in disagreement with God's mind and only do what the Word of God says. Yes. Then you will have one mind. Okay. So in order to get your mustard seed of faith moving mountains, it's, not that you, it's probably not that you don't have enough faith. Especially, I mean, how long have we been doing this? Five weeks? I'd say you've got everything you need already to change the world. 
but what is happening is if you have not denied and ignored the unbelief that occurs in your natural mind, the influence of other people around you, the influence of other spirits outside of you, uh, if you have not ignored these things, they will continue to be in conflict with the mind of Christ. When you have conflict, you have no power. When you have conflict, it's a block. The Spirit of God cannot flow through your life. But you become one mind, and this is when you begin to receive all things that Christ is and has become in you and through you, and truly no thing will be impossible. Hallelujah. We, uh, I just went, uh, I'll add a testimony on here before we have questions and stuff. Um, I went last night, uh, drove two hours and 15 minutes to go minister to a woman with stage four cancer. And she has, she's a believer and she uh, decided, I don't want to do any treatment. I'm not going to go. She went to the hospital and said, yep, you've got cancer. It's everywhere. Okay. And so she's trusting God. <clears throat> so I went and I laid hands on her and um, I commanded, listen, this is the authority at work. This is kingdom come on earth as in heaven at work. I commanded the spirit of death to leave her, right? I didn't ask the father to heal her. I commanded death to leave her. And she said, heat went through my body. And she said, uh, all that pain I was in, she's in pain, basically her whole trunk here of her body. Uh, she said, all that pain left me. And then she got baptized in the Holy Spirit and spoke in tongues. And she said, and she looked different. And she got, um, I, I, we haven't talked about this, but she got, uh, she got drunk in the Spirit. Like she... She couldn't stand up. She had to sit down. She was just like, uh, she was just completely overwhelmed by God and everybody around. There was like four or five other people there. They're kind of like, oh my gosh, this is awesome. And uh, nothing like that had ever happened to her before. But you know what? After a few minutes, she said, you know what? I know, uh, she said, I always wanted to ha have the strength to fight. She said, I never had the strength to fight. But now I feel strength and energy in me to fight she said i feel so different on the inside i have something there that wasn't there before and what is that something that is the mystery of the ages paul talks about it's christ in us the baptism of the holy spirit it's god himself indwelling you making you the new holy of holies so she's completely healed stage four cancer all right fidel Yes, brother. Shalom. Thank you uh, for, to both of you, uh, brother uh, James, as well as uh, brother Clint, for this wonderful message on uh, having the mind of Christ and uh, and ignoring the other natural mind completely, so there is no conflict there. And That's now right. it's time for us to uh, open uh, for questions, uh, uh, question and answers, and any need for any person here for ministering of the word for healing, then uh, you can ask right now. You can unmute and ask. <coughs> Brother, you said uh, one mind. You know, I just want to know uh, for Christ, 
he was tempted uh, after 40 days of fasting and the devil used the scripture okay so devil you uh, use the scripture so in this case when the scripture comes you are thinking it is from the word of god so you are you don't know is it from god or is it from god especially when it comes from uh, like scriptures like even in case of uh, abraham if you see he said uh, god told him to sacrifice his only son uh, isaac so uh, this is like uh, against the commandment right okay so in this case it's very difficult like to judge whether is this from god is from devil yeah so what you have to say about this please right okay great question um i was just actually uh counseling a, a married couple about this the other night <clears throat> in the bible we have two covenants the old covenant and the new covenant god, it's true that god never changes but how god deals with and relates to mankind has changed okay um, in the beginning everything was perfect uh, heaven and earth were one there was no disagreement between God and man all right we all know that man sinned and, and that whole story all right um, then God created a covenant uh, to interact with the nation of Israel can you, can you sit back there for me um, and then uh, and then the law came and all that. All right, that's the old covenant. That's the first covenant. And then, uh, and he said, and he gave them laws written on tablets of stone. But the prophecy is that there is coming a time when uh, I will not write my laws on tablets of stone, but I will write my laws on their hearts. Okay, and so that is the new covenant that God made through Abraham with Christ Jesus. All right. So we cannot operate according to the Old Covenant anymore. We have to operate according to the New Covenant. How did God deal with His people? How did He communicate with the people back then? His Spirit would be on a prophet. His Spirit would be on Abraham. His Spirit would be on Moses. And Moses would speak to God for the people. The people did not know God personally. They only had commandments they had to obey. Alright? That's, that's the tablets uh, written, that's the laws written on tablets of stone. Now, in the New Covenant, we don't interact with God like that anymore. Come on in. Uh, we don't interact with God like that anymore. The way we interact with God is that He has put His laws on our hearts. What does this mean? This is the new nature that your spirit has become in Christ Jesus. Your spirit was sin. It's now the righteousness of God in Christ. It's been uni unified with the Spirit of God. And we know what is right because of the Spirit. All right? Now, in the same way, the Bible says in the New Testament, let, let no man think that he is being tested by God. A lot of Christians believe that God is testing them. God is sending me temptations to see if I'll fall. He's sending me tests to see if I'll pass the test. He's... He's, you know, he's trying to, um, you know, trip me up or give me sickness or disease to teach me a lesson or to help me grow. That is not how the New Testament works. God is in you, dwelling in you by His Spirit that you could act out of principle, that you could act out of a new nature. 
Is it true that God could speak to us um, in, in, any way, in any way He wants to? Absolutely. But predominantly, what are we doing as New Covenant Christians? We are obeying the commands of Jesus uh, with a new nature. God's design for a mature son is that we act according to the new nature that we've been given. Jesus did this. Jesus healed not because of a command from the Father, but because it was his nature to heal. It was his nature to set captives free. It was his nature to evict demons. Okay, This is our nature as well. And we have to begin to live from the inside reality that we have been made one spirit with Christ. And and letting the, na- the new nature rule us to the point where we just begin to act and do out of that nature is God's perfect plan. All right? Jesus says, I only do what I see my Father doing. That word see in the original language is not like seeing with your eyes. Okay? That word see is perceive. Okay? We perceive by this message of the gospel of the kingdom that we have been made new creations with a new nature and that we have been indwelt through the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We have been given understanding and we operate out of that understanding. What does that mean? It is right to heal. It is right to cast out demons. It is right to preach the gospel. It is right to make disciples. It is right to raise the dead. And when we begin to act in those things, we become the most spirit-led person there is. So we no longer have to worry about, oh, is this the voice of God telling me to do things? Is this God telling me to go over here? Listen, we are guided by a a nature that has put us in authority. What is the best way to advance the kingdom? Do it. Seek first the kingdom, right? If you're seeking first your job and your career, and you're trying to get advice from God about what to do with your career, good luck, because you're disobeying the word of God, which says, First comes the kingdom. All right? It will simplify a lot of things. But concerning hearing voices, try to be led by a voice, you're better off to read the word of God and obey it. And then as you begin to come into submission and power starts operating in your life to do all the things we're talking about, then you will start to become someone who is more led by the Spirit than anyone else trying to hear a voice or, or, or do things like that. Again, can he speak to us? Absolutely. But Jesus said, my sheep, listen, my sheep know my voice. All right? Who belong to him? Okay? Who belongs to Jesus? Who is he calling my sheep? Those who love me will obey my commands. And, and Fidel, you put this on the email for the invite, uh, and uh, those who obey my commands, my father and I will love him, and I will manifest myself to him. Does that help? So, brother, your uh, what you are trying to say is like uh, Abraham. Uh, we will not be tested in the New Testament, right? That's right. So we can't but again. Uh, Go ahead. But again, the God said, "I am same yesterday, today, and forever." That's true. You're exactly right. But again, listen to these words: How he deals with man is not. He deals with man in the old covenant one way. Yes. And in the new covenant, a completely different way. God didn't change, but his covenant did. Okay? So we can no longer look at Abraham. Abraham is the father of faith. All right? You know, that's really where this started with 
yes. uh, this kingdom mm -hmm. in Jesus, okay? This promise made to Abraham. Um, he is the father of faith. And we can imitate Abraham according to our faith. But our only true example is Jesus Christ. What did you say there, Fidel? Who was that? I missed it. That was Fidel. What did he say? Outside in the Old Covenant, inside in the New Covenant. Yeah. Yeah. God is outside in the Old Covenant, in, and he's on the inside in the New. That's a great That's way to put good. it. I hope that answers your question. Uh, like I said, this is about renewing your mind. If you have an Old Covenant mindset, uh, if you are stuck in your mind according to how God dealt with people in the Old Covenant, you're going to be at odds with God because He has uh, done away with that Old Covenant and replaced it with a new. George. Jesus Christ fulfilled the law, and He fulfills the law in us. He's the only one that could. And now we live out of this new and living way. Yes. Very good question, though. Get that a lot. I hope that helps. Thank you. You're welcome. Meditate on this stuff. Meditate on the scripture. Let the let ask the spirit of God about it. Like you asked me, now go ask the spirit and see if he agrees, <laughs> or see if I agree with him. Yes, we have two more minutes. Anybody else has a request? Uh, any prayer request or question? Pray for the healing. Custodio, what do you need? I want to be healed by, from my eye completely. Completely. So last time I think we talked, you were about 50% better or something like that. Tell Is that right? Tell me where you're at. I want to be completely healed. Okay. Can you can you turn on your camera and look at me? Yeah. Custodio, can you turn your camera on and so I can see your face? Well, I I can see you, but I cannot recognize like. I'm going to pray for you, but I want to be able to see your face. I want to, okay. I want to look in your eyes, okay? Can, can you? There you go. Perfect. All right. There we go. Okay. Look at look at my look at my eyes, Custodio. Look at my face. All right. By the mercy and the love and the power of Jesus Christ, I set you free. Custodio, be healed. In the name of Jesus, be healed. Receive your sight right now. Now, the spirit of blindness and cataracts, this thing that's come to steal your eyesight, you listen to me right now. I command you, leave him now. Go! In Jesus' name, 
you will no longer hinder his eyesight. You will no longer prevent him from reading, from seeing, from doing the things he needs to do. I command you, leave him now in the name of Jesus and never come back. So right now, eyes be clear. Be clear. Be clear. Be clear. Be clear. Be clear. 100% healed. 100% restored. 100% made whole right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Go test it out, Custodio. Go read something. Test it out. I believe it's done. Are you smiling? <laughs> I believe it's done for you. Okay? This works because we believe it's done. I believe it's done for you. In Jesus' name. Yes, sir. Amen. Amen. Okay. So, we thank you, Brother uh, Quinn, for ministering the word and also bringing us the revelation of the word. And it's time, I think, for Brother Quinn and Brother James to minister go to go. So, I ask. Uh, for an ending prayer, so can we have an ending prayer, brother? Yep. Who do you want to pray? One of those guys. One of your guys. Anybody. James, go ahead. We thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. We thank you for this opportunity. I speak blessing upon these people right now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Yeah. Speak peace and blessing beyond all comprehension right now in Jesus' name. May the word become manifest to them. May they walk the word right now. Hallelujah. Speak power and authority and dominion. In Jesus' name. Speak dominion back to God's original intent. Yep. Dominion. Hallelujah. Speak peace. So be it. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you. You're welcome. Our Good pleasure. Day. Brother Clint, we see you soon. And maybe... Completely. <laughs> I think <laughs> right. one, more, one more month, yeah. <laughs> in, in person. So, thank you again, once again. And shalom. 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 Yeah, shalom, yes. All right. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> Good job. Little tag team. Huh? Little tag team action. <laughs>